You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Play fantasy baseball show with D. Mindy. Little cheesecake and Doc starts now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome in to another episode of the Triple Play Fantasy Baseball Show. We are a proud member of Empire Media and the Empire Media Podcast Network. D. Mindy here, joined by someone who constantly refers to himself as Money Soap. It's Eric Mendelson, a.k.a. The Doc. What's going on? Money so Haven't heard that since we worked at Hallmark. And yes, I just ter- told our listeners that you and I worked at Hallmark. <laughs> Do you remember the money soap? Oh, yeah. There's, for the listeners, there's soap. And then in the middle of it, there's a, a dollar bill. It's whether it's one, five, 10, 20, or even a 50. It costs like $10 a bar and 80% of them have a $1 bill, but it's a good gag gift. Yeah, I think most people just cut open the bar of soap and just use two halves of it once they buy it. No one waits to actually use the whole thing. Did you ever find anything more than a $1 bill in there? Uh, I got a 10 one time. You did. I only I only bought it once and I got a 10. That was like our go-to gift, I feel like. We used to buy a couple of them. It was a great white elephant gift. Yeah. I wonder if they're still around or I wonder if those if it just completely flamed out. Where are you getting these references like, call uh, me David DeMoyo one week, call me Money Soap. What goes through your mind, man? I sit here sometimes for longer than I want to say, being like, how am I going to introduce Eric this week? And I don't always want to insult you. I'm like, I got to balance it out some. So that's why I was like, maybe you can give like the Johnny Manziel money signs, but you can do it and pretend like you're, you're scrubbing. Like, you're, money you're not soap. ugly. You're not ugly this week, David. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we're not talking just about money soap, but in today's episode, we're talking about how to stream hitting and our all-star picks. And we're at the official, unofficial halfway point of the season at the all-star break. So make sure you recollect yourself, take a breather. <sighs> I felt good. And get ready for that stretch run. That is the last half of this season. The end of the season, you know it's a grind and you know that you're going to be fabbing. You know that you're going to be up late nights on Sunday, stressing and pulling your hair out. So we wanted to give you a fun show with our All-Star Weekend picks, but also you can go into the All-Star break with a valuable tool that our guest gives you in learning how to stream the proper way down the stretch. And that guest, you asked, well, we're going to be doing that, the whole stream and hitter thing with the man himself, the UT streamer, Josh St. Marie. Make sure to stay tuned for that. After we go to our bullpen for our question of the week, who is the most strikeout prone hitter of all time and our game of the week coming in to shut the door. So if you guys are ready to get another episode started, then, man, we're here to do it for you. Let's do it! Yeah!
All right. A lot of news to get to, a lot of big news, some small news, some in-between news. The White Sox announced this morning that slugger Eloy Jimenez has been cleared to begin a minor league rehab assignment this weekend. Jimenez, who had suffered a ruptured pectoral tendon during spring training, if you guys remember when he made a stupid a chance to try to rob a home run that he wasn't going to be able to rob. Uh, he's going to start out at Class A Advanced Winston-Salem, but I would not go look necessarily in leagues that don't have fab to add him yet. He's technically, even though he's on an assignment, they can last up to 30 days. And right now he's at about the three and a half ish month mark. I would expect him to probably come back closer to the end of July at the earliest. So if you have fab and you can stick him on your bench for a month, I would expect it's going to be about a month before he's called up. He can obviously make a difference for you the second half of the season. So it's going to depend on how many IL spots you have and the the roster space that you have on your team. Athletics reliever Trevor Rosenthal tore a labrum in his hip and will require surgery. Surgery, It will go down as a complete loss season for Rosenthal, who was on the injured list originally for shoulder soreness earlier this year. And he also went underwent uh, thoracic outlet syndrome, which is the, the biggest to me, more than Tommy John, the death thing for pitchers. I hope he's going to be able to return sometime in August. But again, I wouldn't count on him pitching this year. Rosenthal pitched to a 190 ERA over... 23rd and two-thirds inning, striking out a whopping 41.8% of opponents while walking a lower than average 8.8% of batters. He was obviously having a great year last year when he put up those numbers, but this year uh, it's not been the same, obviously, with injuries. The Dodgers announced they've placed ace Clayton Kershaw on the 10-day IL with inflammation in his left arm. No timeline has been given as of right now, but anytime you see uh, inflammation in the forearm, it's always going to give you some concern. It's alarming for a pitcher of Kershaw's caliber and also his age being involved in there. And even though he's no longer the pitcher that won three Cy Youngs, he's been very effective in 106 and a third innings this year, pitching to a 3.39 ERA and a fantastic strikeout rate and walk rate of 30.1% strikeout rate and a 4.5% walk rate, respectively. Just keep an eye on what's going to develop with him. The Rays have placed outfielder Manuel Margot on the 10-day IL due to a left-strained hamstring. But the big news is it opens up the door for prospect Videl Brujan, who's played his last few games so far with the club. He's the latest arrival to a Rays infield that has already welcomed Taylor Walls and Wander Franco. Now, Brujan gives you a great combination of athleticism and straight-line speed and back control, and he could eventually turn into an all-star caliber player and I've seen names like Ozzy Albies and Cattell Marte thrown around as far as comparisons to him. He doesn't have a towering physical presence. He's only 5'10", about 180. But the athleticism is what stands out, that bat speed and power, and particularly from the left-hand side. One thing to note is he does have 80-grade speed. So for those that don't understand the, the prospect grading, it's a 20 to 80 scale. You can't get higher than 80. He is an 80-grade speed. So he's going to help you a lot in the stolen bases aspect. He has 166 stolen bases in 217 attempts across six seasons in the minors. So any Roto League, that alone is very much worth adding him. Um, if you're probably looking at him now in any type of fab league, it's probably too late. Most people already picked him up for the chance that he's going to give them that steal upside. But Can um, I just say that's disrespectful. You literally say Manuel Margot on the 10-day IL. Like some people don't own him. And then you're saying, well, his injury paves the way for somebody else. Like, he's hurt, David. Show a little sympathy. Haven't we done this thing where we're like, we see someone hurt on the field and you're like, God, 
we're just sitting here watching them writhe in pain. And like, I'm drinking a soda. We said, we said that about NFL players when like an offensive lineman is like down in pain and they bring out the card and then they cut to TV and we're like, all right, well, we're going to watch a commercial about Papa John's while this person is in excruciating pain. Yeah, it's like it's like a selfish, weird feeling. You're like, I feel so bad for that person, but you're like, they show it and then like it's gone. And then they're they're off going through the process of this injury and then you're just watching the next play or you're watching yeah. the next step back. And, you, like and you forget weird. about it the next day and they have that injury for nine more months at least. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, the Marlins announced Monday that right-hander Sixto Sanchez is undergoing season-ending surgery after an MRI revealed a small tear in his posterior capsule of his right shoulder. Doc, you don't have any tear or any Sixto Sanchez shares, do you? No, nah, I thought he was really hyped coming into the season just because he throws fast. Yeah, it's an awful development for him. He was one of the game's most promising young arms. The potential was on display last year, like Doc mentioned. He had a 3-4-6 ERA, a heavy sinker around 98 miles an hour but he's not going to be there for you this season. Speaking of injuries where they, you see them in pain, Yasmani Grandal went, underwent knee surgery to fix a, a torn tendon in his knee. I actually saw the play live when he went down, and he was like writhing in pain, couldn't put any weight on his leg, and he had to get helped off the field. I thought like he, it looked like he was like grabbing his calf almost at first because I was like, oh, man. I was like, maybe he like tore his Achilles the way he was grabbing his back of his leg, but it was his knee, and it was... um. I don't know. He's still expected to play sometime in 2021, but they have not given a timeline yet. Right they now, said, uh, the initial reports are four to six weeks, okay, which I feel so, like is generous. Yeah. So if you have Yasmani Grandal and you don't need to hold a catcher, I would drop him. Honestly, I don't know if you're going to get anything much from him uh, the rest of this season, but looks like he will be back at some point. It's just a question of if you have the roster space to stash him on your bench. A couple more IELT notes. Cardinals place Carlos Martinez on the 10-day IL with a right thumb injury. Outfielder Eddie Rosario of the Cleveland baseball team was on the 10-day IL due to a right abdominal strain. And the Angels placed third baseman Anthony Rendon on the 10-day IL retroactive to July 5th with a left hamstring strain. It's just been brutal for Anthony Rendon this year. Doc, I know you're uh, not loving this production that Anthony Rendon's been giving you. Bruh. (laughs) I just, I like... Oh, I, a, I got he, you. I got you. He's a, he's a great hitter. Like I put money on him to win the MVP. He looks amazing with the Nationals. He just does not look the same hitter when he signed that contract. Just can't stay healthy. Just can't seem to be consistent. I'm a big Rendon fan. It just kind of sucks that we don't get to see him healthy or consistent, especially with Mike Trout out of the lineup. Yeah, he's been a disappointment for them since they signed him. I feel like a lot of players go to the Angels and they haven't been producing to what we expect from them. Um, but there is somebody, speaking of the Nationals organization, though, the White Sox designated outfielder Adam Eaton for assignment. He returned recently from the IL earlier this week after missing two weeks with a hamstring strain, but the White Sox had seen enough after Eaton had only put up 201, 298, 344 slash line over 219 plate appearances, marking his second straight year of subpar production. So he had similarly with those Nationals in 2020. Doc, are you surprised that you saw him DFA'd? Because I'm, I'm a little surprised he was DFA'd. But remember you and I were talking about before the season, I said Adam Eaton isn't going to be good this year. He literally declines every year. I was trying to target him as much as I could as like a five, fifth or sixth outfielder just because of how balanced he is. He gives you some steals. He was going to be, you know, hopefully hitting second in a, a stacked lineup. He seemed like a slam dunk to get towards the end of your drafts. But obviously, you know, he's not even rosterable at this point. 
I will be interested to see if he goes to another team and he starts for them and a change of scenery does him good and he starts giving you some more numbers. Um, I am keeping my eye on that. I'm not necessarily dropping him if I own him yet, if I'm in 15 team leagues or deeper. Uh, if you're in 10 or 12 team leagues, I don't think you need to hold on to him, but 15 team leagues, I wouldn't get rid of him yet. The last bit of news we will cover, the Brewers, who have been the most active team on the trade front, brought in Rowdy, getting Rowdy, to Les in exchange for Trevor Richards and Bowden Francis. Now, Rowdy to Les hit 209, 272, 338 slash, and 151 plate appearances. But the struggles with standing to Les is an intriguing bat to the, B- the by low Milwaukee Brewers. As remember, in 2020, he mashed to a 283, 346, 540 clip with eight homers and five doubles and 127 plate appearances. And he also hit 21 homers for them in 2019. Again, this was someone that was a stat cast darling last year, hitting the ball extremely hard and taken in a lot of leagues as a uh, sleeper first baseman for a lot of people. So it's going to be very interesting to see if he can rebound in Milwaukee. On the Toronto side, they just keep trying to upgrade that bullpen, and they did so with Trevor Rogers, who so far in 21 has tallied 31 and two-thirds innings of a 3.69 ERA, striking out over 31% of batters he's faced while walking just under 10%. This is, again, another guy that's going to jump in that bullpen as they keep trying to remake it as they've added Adam Simber recently from a trade with the Marlins. Doc, does Rowdy Telez in Milwaukee intrigue you at all? No. And you could step in at first base for the injured Daniel Vogelbach. Kesson here is not lighting it up. Yeah, I mean, okay, I'll take it back. I guess there is a little bit more uh, excitement. I'm just, I feel like the Brewers, ever since Prince Fielder have left, have just always had rotating first basemen. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it's definitely concerning, but you look at Willie Adamas, look what he's done since he got into that Milwaukee. That is true. That is true. And, and the Brewers are, have been riding a hot streak a little bit, so I'll, I'll take back my comments and be a little more excited. That's Yay. what I do here. All right, well, if you enjoy hearing Eric say, Yay. make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast. If you want to hear more Triple Play, great news for you. We have a fantasy football and a basketball show you can check out available anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the content, hook the boys up with a five-star rating interview to support the show. Check us out on all our socials at Trip Play Fantasy. Doc somehow tweets things that get interaction. I don't know what, but it, recently you're, you haven't done those as much. I, you've been slacking. It's, it's, it's the Scott Fishbowl. Yeah, it has been dominating. That's true. You need to get yeah. back to doing this so I can make fun of them. Okay, I'll do them after the Scott Fishbowl, brother. Okay. Also, of course, you can check out the website, tripplayfantasy.com. Tons of great articles, videos, all the podcasts go there. Um, a lot of great stuff are on the website. It's constantly being updated by the god known as Efrain Ramos, who does uh, does a lot of work for us. Uh, so make sure you check that out if you haven't gotten a chance yet. And, of course, check out our YouTube page. We've got Movie Minutes. We've got Devi football content. I give some baseball breakdowns on there. I did one recently on spin rates and players that have had huge drops in spin rates. A lot of cool-looking graphics we use on there. NBA is king on our YouTube channel. There's a lot of great YouTube NBA content. So if you got some time, check those out. Even some movie minutes breaking down some recent movies that you should go watch. So tons of great stuff over at Triple Play. But remember, if you're looking for a podcast that'll leave you more prepared than a kid at a college party with Plan B in their pocket, look no further than this podcast right here because I'm telling you, it just might change your life. And we'll be right back with 
how to stream hitting in our all-star picks with Josh St. Marie right after this quick break. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Triple Play Fantasy Baseball coming at you again live tonight on a Thursday night, as we always do, of course. Joined by my right-hand man, joined by a, a crook, joined by the man of the earphones. It is the Doc. What's going on, my friend? Hey, David. How are you? Good. How are you? You know, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I can't wait for Josh to trash some of your takes today. <laughs> Not much to trash, honestly. You know how we roll. Uh, but you already introduced the man, so I, I got to speak up and introduce him the proper way. We welcome in a man that just seems to float when he gets on the dance floor. The hitter streamer God at the weird place known as SP Streamer. This professional data analyst is a fan of all Boston sports and even some Denver clubs, but not the Rockies and especially not the Broncos. The man that has Saint in his name because he does the hitter streaming work that you don't want to do. The Dice K of fantasy baseball. We welcome in Josh St. Marie. What's going on, man? Well, I got to say that that was incredible. Um, it's good to be here. I'm, uh, I'm just happy that you guys are giving me this opportunity. So, you know, I can't trash on too many takes. Got to, <laughs> got to make a good impression. There we go. There we go. Hey Don't man, trash we're, David. <laughs> we're real pumped to have you on, man. Um, been a long, been a fan of all the stuff that you're doing over at SP Streamer. As much as I love to give Michael Simeone just a lot of crap, uh, that is one of my best friends in the industry. And you are one of the guys I know that works his butt off over there. Uh, so I would just like to start out first. Can you tell us how you got started into the fantasy baseball industry and then specifically how you started to wanting to do uh, the Lord's work in a sense and talk about streaming hitters because nobody else wants to do it? Um, you know, I think the answer to that is uh, I got pretty lucky and also just a lot of uh, happen chance, if you will. I think so I have this home league that I've been in uh, for a long time since I was in high school. And it's a, it's a points league and we're always tinkering with the rules. And we made a mistake one year of allowing too many pitchers to be thrown uh, per week. And so what everyone started doing is streaming pitchers. So naturally that led me to the best there is at streaming pitchers, if I, if I do say so. Um, that led me to uh, SP Streamer, uh, Simeone. And I think just after following, he posted that he was uh, looking to kind of expand his operation. So he's looking, looking for some guys. So sent him a message, uh, said I was interested. Um, I'm big into data analytics. That's what I do for a living. So love coming from the math side of baseball. So I kind of just pitched to him that I think I can offer something from the analytics side. And um, I guess he was impressed enough that he allowed me to join. But the original plan was not for me to do uh, hitting streamers. Um, I think I was just going to kind of uh, do whatever I liked, whatever I thought was interesting. But uh, for whatever reason, he just asked me um, if I wanted to do it. I wasn't going to say no. It was my you know, first opportunity. Um, and so I really d don't think it sh I chose it. It kind of chose me. You hear people say that, but that's kind of what happened. And uh, here I am now. I'm loving it. I didn't choose the streaming life. The streaming life chose me. 
Now, did you on your application or, or when you applied to work with him, did you send him your dancing video? Because that was uh, that's actually quite the uh, I haven't seen dance moves like that in a dog's age. So for those that haven't oh, seen it, no. have you seen this video? Oh, my goodness. Eric, have you seen it? Uh, I saw it a while ago. 1.3K views. Nice. No, I mean, look at this, man. Look at this. I can't watch. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Let me I tell mean, you, I was, I was at a drag show yesterday. You would have gotten so many dollar bills had you just done that on the dance floor. <laughs> oh, I mean, gosh. look, like, like you're literally floating. Like, I wish we had, like, a, a view of the floor, too, so you could just see you sliding. Like, I was, like, trying to – I was like, man. I have a couple of good dancing with. I was like, this man, I'm glad I'm not the same club with him at the same time. He's like throwing the dollar bills, doing all that. Hey man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Got David, you gotta keep your fiance on a leash around him. Don't let her see this video. Yeah, I, I, well, she'll never see it, luckily. But yeah, no, I mean <laughs> is this just like the tip of the iceberg, or are you like you got a lot of stuff in your back pocket that you haven't showed Twitter yet, right? Um, I don't know. You know, I don't really know where this came from. I do not really like to dance. Um, I'm going through a bit of a wedding season with a lot of my friends and they're surprised whenever I even step onto the dance floor. So I'm sure when they saw this, they really didn't believe it. They thought I was probably, you know, if you look behind the camera, maybe someone was holding me at gunpoint or something. But <laughs> um, I, I had to, you know, Simeon put himself out. Uh, they're dancing and um, I put it into one of my articles. I thought it was only fair if I uh, then put myself in there dancing, but you know, I uh, starting to regret it. <laughs> it never dies. <laughs> People keep bringing it up. I think his dance moves made me laugh. Like his, his dance moves were so bad that they were hilarious. That's why I had to make the gif of him uh, doing the, uh, I, I mean, maybe, I mean, ho I hope he's a better dancer than that. It was, it was like the, I didn't think they were that bad. I thought it was, no, pretty, it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. <laughs> That's because he's your boss. You're going to, of course, you're going to say that. Uh, but not, it's, I, I've given him just a lot of trash talk. It's all good. But um, obviously, we're not a dancing podcast. We are a baseball podcast, and we've got one of the best in the game as far as streaming is concerned here. Obviously, a good fancy baseball player, I know as well. But we're talking about how to stream hitting, and of course, our all-star picks. And we're at the official, unofficial halfway point of the season with the all-star break. So it's time to recollect yourself, take a breather, and get ready for the stretch run that is probably about the next 10 to 11 weeks or so of the season. The end of the season is always a grind. So we like to make sure that we have some fun here with talking these all-star weekend picks, but also providing you with a valuable tool and learning how to stream hitting the proper way down the stretch. All right, so... We're going to start off with learning how to stream hitting first, and then we'll go into our all-star picks to close out this main segment of the show. So, Josh, the first question I want to ask you as far as how to stream, how did you get started in streaming? You kind of already addressed that with the Simeone thing. But I'm curious, when you started this and you kind of dove into it, what was your process like when you started? And then what's your process like now? Is it similar? And then how do you go about picking the streamers every day? Yeah, so as I mentioned, I kind of came, um, I come from an analytical side of thinking about baseball. So I take a similar approach when it comes to fantasy baseball. Now, I'm very hesitant to say these things. So I know it's very controversial whether how much, you know, math and projection should be involved with uh, how you um, make lineup decisions and whatnot. But my approach is very projections based. But I think where I started is, 
there is this idea, um, and it's kind of controversial from, it stems from the analytics side that there is really no such thing as a hot hitter or a cold hitter. Um, and so I think when a lot of people approach streaming, they like to say, okay, what hitters are doing well at the play right now? What hitters are doing poorly right now? I'll avoid those and I'll take those hitters that are, are um, doing well. But when, when you're coming from an analytical standpoint, it's unclear if that's true. So the very first thing I did is I took on this massive project of whether just seeing um, if I looked at the base roto stats uh, hitters, batting average, the run scored, their RBIs, um, stolen bases, and home runs. If I looked at them over different time frames, so over, let's say, three days, five days, seven days, 14 days, and 30 days, and I just grouped them um, into, for batting, let's take batting average, the easiest example. If there's uh, bat, uh, hitters that were hitting in between zero and 100, hitters that were hitting between one and 200, 200 and 300, 300, 400, 400, 500, and then above 500. If I took, if I grouped batters by that and then said, how did they do their next seven days? Um, what I found was that there is pretty much no connection between how batters do um, based on their, their uh, weeks leading up to that, except for at the 30 game level, you started seeing some correlation there. So if a batter is doing really well for a month, then that means they're probably going to have a good uh, following week. So really what that led me to conclude is you just want to stream the best hitters that you can stream. It doesn't matter if they're cold. It doesn't matter if they're hot. So that's where, that's where I started with this uh, very counterintuitive idea that there's no such thing as a hot hitter or a cold hitter. Now, what do you say to the people that are saying, like you said, the, the seven day stretch where their WRC plus is, you know, 250 and they're like, hey, they're they're mashing. That looks like they've had three home runs in four days. So you don't you don't buy into that at all. You're not, hey, like I'm gonna ride it out while it's going, and if they start cooling down, I'll back off. You're not about that approach at all. Um, it's it's I hate saying it because I just don't. I know it's controversial, but I am not about I'm not about that at all. That I completely ignore it in my approach. If I happen to pick a hitter that is doing well, um then that's <laughs> I'm then, tired, um, Yancy. If I if I happen to pick a hitter who's doing well, um, then that's just total like a coincidence. It didn't factor into my decision process at all. And so far it is working for me. So um I don't want to be too performative with my results, but I, there is something to uh just dig, taking that factor out and kind of ignoring how well a player has been doing. Okay. So then let's Go into the next kind of part of your process here. Are there any favorable matchups that you'll look into specifically as like certain pitchers you'll want to attack consistently, certain teams or ballparks? Do, do those uh, factors weigh into your decision making? Yeah. So what you're describing now is my entire approach. So I really um, would recommend looking at three things. The first thing I always look at and it weighs in the heaviest in my process is what or who are the pitchers that a hitter will be facing in the coming week. Um, that seems to determine the most of how a um, hitter will do. So naturally, if they're facing a bunch of Jacob DeGroms, they're not going to be doing well. Mm -hmm. But if they're if they're facing, let's say, the Rockies pitchers, um, even out of course, it's likely they're gonna they're gonna put some runs on the board that week. Um, I think I, the Diamondbacks didn't do too great today, but they left some runners on base. But if you've looked at their series against the Rockies, all of a sudden their offense looks competent, which we know is not true. So. 
that's the first place I look is just the opposing pitchers. Um, and that definitely weighs the heaviest in my process. The next thing I look at, just as you said, would be the ballparks, the fields they're playing in. So obviously Coors Field, everyone knows about Coors Field. Um, but I really, what I'd really recommend doing is finding, um, some ballpark factors. I like to use EV analytics. Um, and I like to look at the parks that have the highest WOBA, um, the highest home run rates, um, and the highest batting average rates. Um, and so fields like Cincinnati, um, the ball really flies out there mostly because that ballpark's extremely small. Yankee Stadium, uh, Baltimore Stadium, Camden Yards, Fenway, um, pretty much the AL East, uh, cause Toronto's field also, uh, hitter haven. So if they're playing a lot of AL East teams, uh, stream, stream those hitters. Um, and then the final thing I look at is just the offensive capabilities of that player's own team. Um, so what I use for that is I like to use just a, a little bit of a, I'll give you a little bit of an inside look of what I do is I, I simply go to fan graphs. I go to their projected standings and I uh, rank the teams by the, what they're projecting them to score of uh, the remainder of the season. So um, one team that that put me on that's really been um, helping my streamers lately is the Cleveland Indians. Uh, they seem to have this reputation that they're a terrible offense, but um, fan graphs ranks them pretty high and it's, seems to be when they're playing some poor matchups, they seem to take advantage and that offense can actually put up a sneaky amount of runs. So just to review, it's the pitchers they're facing, the ballparks they're playing in and their own team context. Those are kind of the three things I look at. And I look at all three of those things before I even look at a specific player. Wow. So then I know this wasn't a question on the the show sheet, but I'm curious when you put these together, you said you relay them to Doug Ishikawa that he reads them in the morning how long does this whole process take you to come up with? So it's so when I'm doing it on a weekly basis, it takes me it takes me hours to do. Honestly, I'm I'm importing for myself multiple um, projections. I'm doing rest of season projections for pitchers, rest of season projections for hitters. I'm looking at projections that the team will score, that the team will allow. I'm looking at their schedule. The projected starters, the pitcher stolen base stats, those park factors. So I'm looking at all this stuff and I'm putting it in this massive Excel document um, that's getting a little too big. I'll have to take another look at it. It's starting to run really slow. Um, but that whole process I do every Friday for my weekly streaming article over at SP Streamer. That takes me up to, I mean, sometimes I, I right after I get off of work, I start, it takes me all the way up to midnight and maybe beyond. Um, as far as the daily uh, streamers go, which I, like you said, I give to Doug to do on SP Streamers Daily podcast uh, on the bump that you can listen to every morning. Um, that only takes me about 30 minutes because all I'm importing there is the the starters for the day and um, the roster ship percentages. So that that doesn't take me as long just because I only update the projections once a week. I just got tired hearing that. Like I, I feel for you. I, I know. I mean, I write articles. I haven't written as many. I used to do weekly uh, SP streamers, and that would take me a few hours to do, and I would spread it out across you know, part of a week. But doing what you're doing consistently and, and the, the process you have to do, it, it's even another step beyond what I'm doing. So I, I give you a lot of kudos because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and you're not at this point, it's not even like you know for the money. It's more like, Hey, I'm just trying to keep making a name for myself. I'm trying to, you know, have my stuff put out there. I'm trying to be, you know, come a, a reputable source. So I, I understand, 
you know, it's, it's like a second job with what you're doing right now. And so I, I definitely can understand the type of grind that you do. Um, the one thing I also wanted to ask about it before we kind of closed up shop with the streaming hitters is you're not going to ask me anything, David. <laughs> what? I said, you're not going to ask me how I stream hitters. Oh, okay. Eric, how do you stream hitters? I just, you know what? Whoever's picture isn't ugly. I look at them and I add them, right? Is that what your process is? Uh, no, I mean, it, it could be a good rule of thumb. I'll let you finish out with Josh. I don't want to interrupt. No, I'll wait, Josh. So Eric will be like, he'll be like, oh, you know what? I added this guy because he's a lot more attractive looking than this guy. No, okay. Like, okay. No, no. I and, said- then, and, then, and then he'll add somebody because he'll be like, you know what? I just had a, a feeling in my gut. This guy was going to be good. His name, his name looks cool. So I'm going to add him on my roster. All right. All right. So the, the premise was I drafted Jack Flaherty higher than most. And I said, Jack Flaherty is a good looking guy. He has a level of confidence because he knows he's attractive. And that's part of pitching or sports in general is confidence. So if somebody knows they're attractive, I just feel like they're going to have more confidence in their ability. Now, one of the things I look at is the number of games per week. If somebody has five games as opposed to somebody that's playing three, that gives you a better chance Who's for them to have games in a week. It could be all-star week. About seven and five. I'll fix it for you. There seven you go. and five. Seven and five, David. Um, so obviously you want to go with someone that's playing a little bit more. Somebody that has multi-positional eligibility because maybe they a Yerkson Profar plays in the outfield one day, plays in second base. Jay Cronenworth, Marwin Gonzalez, multi-positional god flexibility. And then Josh covered everything else. I just needed to add those two. You're like a... Josh like carried you guys up the mountain and you guys got like 10 feet away from the top and you're like, I'll take it from here. And brother, then, and then you climbed up the last little bit. You're like, we really climbed up together. Brother, teamwork makes the dream work. You didn't ask me, but I did research. No, I, I just got to j- gotta jump in here. Um, I, first on this uh, Flaherty theory of yours, I think the, the one place you fell short is I'm not sure attractiveness has anything to do with injury prevalence. And so, um, I don't know. Hey, I think the injury bug got you there. With hey, that man, the, he, he got an oblique strain swinging the bat. That's why pitchers shouldn't hit. That's but he was, not, he was he was balling before. He was better than a lot of people picked. With that level of, of attractiveness and confidence, you don't have a 0.99 ERA over the second half of a season two years ago. So what do you contribute Lance Lynn's success to then? Lance, <laughs> That's a Lance, good point. Lance Lynn has a level of confidence where he could chug a beer, pitch in overalls, and still do well. Lance Lynn has a level of confidence that he doesn't care if he's attractive or not. He knows he's the man. All right, Josh, we got to think of a, a good pitcher that's not attractive and uh, look looks like they lack confidence. I mean, he's got a point. They kind of all have some sort of confidence. Go ahead. I mean, Max Scherzer isn't attractive, but Max Scherzer's intimidating. He has heterochromia. You're not gonna you're not gonna cross him up. I don't, I, just, I don't know how you could look at a picture of Lance Lynn and know that is a confident dude. Now, if you look at Luis Castillo's profile picture, he looks a little bit scared. It's it's a half smile. You can tell that he's he's hiding some emotional issues underneath that. Maybe he wasn't the happiest the day the picture was taken. Eric's going to start like a whole new bit of research now and, and have all these correlations. 
Yeah, oh. I, I don't know if that uh, you know two ERA Castillo put up this last month in June is is good or not. I'm not sure. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at that ERA for the entire season, baby. <laughs> well, like I, you said, I, you don't just look at the past seven days. You look at seven, fifteen, thirty, sixty. That's what I'm doing. All right. Well, I wanted to ask Josh this last thing about hitting streaming. Have there been guys that you've been beating the drum with all year that are constantly you're going back to and people uh, people talk about at the starting pitcher streamers? They're like. How are the Shane McClanahan's? How are they not roster? Why are they still streamable? Or are guys like that? Are there been players for you that you're like, you know what? As long as they fit the threshold, I'm always plugging them in. Um, yes and no. Again, so I I don't actually look at individual players until very late in the process. I start with the team. So sometimes I rule out their team entirely. But I have put together a list of uh, the top ten players. That I uh, the players that I've picked the most commonly, and I'm gonna ru- I'll run through them real quick if you let me. Will uh, yeah. um, so the first the person I've suggested streaming the most this year is uh, Justin Upton, uh, who who was hitting so many home runs in such a short period of time that he kind of got himself out of streaming territory there for a brief second. But he's uh, injured now, and I am just counting down the days so I can start streaming him again. <laughs> I really love going with uh, Justin Upton. The next person, uh, Hunter Renfro. Yes. Uh, he's a guy finally people are noticing. I'm actually all over a lot of the Red Sox players. For whatever reason, they've got – okay, I'm a huge Red Sox fan. I, I should say that up front. But they've got a very good offense, and for whatever reason, a good portion of their players are just not rostered in a lot of leagues. Renfro and Kike Hernandez are two of them. Um, I haven't suggested Kike all too much, but – Renfro, I've kind of been beating the drum on him, and it seems to be playing playing out so far. He's carved himself an everyday role there for the Red Sox. What this about is, Joey Votto? Yeah, Joey Votto uh, okay. has been a, he has been a great streaming hitter for me. You're you're getting a little little ahead ahead of uh, where I'm headed here. So yeah, <laughs> I love it. Um, but first, I gotta go with the third most. This is the first guy that I, that it seems like I've sort of been whiffing on this year, but I've been all over Starling Castro. Um specifically as just this very stable source of batting average, really sneaky source of batting average. Um, so I still am going to probably keep suggesting him. I still believe in him. The next person, Willie Adamas, that's really paid off huge dividends lately. Jorge Polanco somehow on this list, which really, really, really blows my mind. I think there was like a, a month span or so when the Twins had some really easy matchups and it timed up with a slump that he had. And again, I'm ignoring slumps. So I'm like, let's 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 go ahead let's go with polanco i've seen the track record he's good and now he's rostered everywhere but somehow he got up on this list um arias is a guy that constantly shows up just because the dude he hits singles all day i mean mm-hmm. i don't want to say too much about him if you need batting average ever he's the obvious guy to go to right uh paul de jong a uh, guy that's not really doing it i think he's hitting below the mendoza line so let's forget that i've been suggesting him but maybe keep your eye out eye out for him maybe he'll turn around like some of these other people have uh harold ramirez is one i've been on a lot lately um in uh, in the cleveland lineup they just had a stint um with some nl teams and he was the odd man out and he lost in favor with a lot of people because he was sitting the bench a lot that week but they're back in al ballparks he's playing every day He's great. He's a guy I would still say go go and look if he's available now. Um, Alex Kirilov, um, sneak peek. I just sent my da- uh, my daily streamers to Doug for tomorrow. He's on there for tomorrow. I really I really think this guy it's going to click any moment. He's going to be a league winner. Um, and so anytime I get to stream him, he's going on the list because because I mean it, when it clicks, that's oh, the guy yeah. you want on your team. 
Um, and here's the one I'm most proud of uh, coming in at number 10 most common is Kyle Schwarber. Uh, now he did unfortunately just have that injury, but he was absolutely tearing it up. And I think that's an example of um, even though I'm avoiding looking at streaking hitters, I was on Schwarber before that he was streaking there. Um, and so before his roster ship percentage really started to skyrocket. And so um, he got hot at the right time. If you, if you want to say that a hitter can get hot and so, see the process can work it can find those batters before they get hot if you will um and so the the last few people they're not quite there yet but they're getting there because a lot of those players have already gone to a point where you can't roster them so just if you're curious some of the players that there's two guys that i've seen show up a lot um that i really think people should pay attention to one is joey Votto. if you're in a shallower league um i have no idea why you can still stream this dude i think people forget how good of a hitter he was and if you look at what he's doing this year, he's kind of returned to those same levels that we saw before that decline the last couple of seasons. Um, and the Reds lineup is, is, is awesome. It's pretty stacked. They've got a couple all-star starters surrounding Votto. So Joey Votto, if he's available, especially in the shallower leagues, I think he needs to be picked up for more than just a streamer. And the other guy is Brendan Rogers, mm-hmm. uh, former top prospect. He plays in course field half his games and he's got a lot of tools. And I, I mean, the models I use love him. Um, I like rooting for him as a Colorado guy, but Brennan Rogers. He's finally get the playing time too. His Rockies have been horrible with prospects and letting them actually play, but they're letting him go. And he's definitely uh, someone, I don't know, actually, does he have any steals too? I don't know if he has any steals. I know obviously Garrett Hampson, Toppy has got a few, but even if he steals some bases too, that's someone you can really benefit from in any roto format that you have. Uh, but that's a great list. That's, I, I mean, Schwarber obviously being on there at some point is, is wild when you think about it. But, uh, you know, at some point he was struggling and he wasn't hitting home runs like obviously he was. And, uh, yeah, I think if any of those guys are in your league, keep an eye on them. Josh has been keeping an eye on them all season. And some of them have graduated. Others have come back. Do you do, you do that? Like when you're like, oh, they've graduated from the list, like with prospects. Do you do that? Definitely. I think especially for those guys like Schwarber, who, I, who I'm just closely watching because I'm like any day now they're going to become streaming eligible and I can't wait to pick them because <laughs> people really people really do care about how their recent performance has been and kind of forget about what they're capable of. And then they hit what was like 100 home runs in three days. That's what it felt like. So, And it's, it's hit, streaming hitting. It's an art that not many possess. Obviously, pitcher, there's a lot, tons of pitcher resources out there. Streaming pitchers is kind of what the headline is. But if you really know how to stream hitters and every week you're in fab, you're putting in like a couple dollars on a guy that's, you know, facing a, a couple lefties and he mashes lefties and he'll be in the lineup for three or four days when he normally only is in there one or two days a week. Things like that really can help you uh, long term in your fantasy baseball league. Obviously, uh, anytime that you, need more home runs or anytime that you're you're struggling to get production from certain guys if you're putting guys in and out each week that can really help you long term so again josh is a great resource for that uh but now we are going to transition to somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me i ain't the sharpest tool in the shed now i was hoping that that drop was going to happen when they started the course but we would have been here for like 60 seconds so we're why all didn't stars. Just, why didn't Why didn't you just get that set up, David? Disappointed in you. There's like five of them, and they're all like the same. Uh, okay. I gotta, anyway, I gotta say I was trying hard not to dance because I do not need a second <laughs> clip of me dancing on the internet right now. <laughs> oh, that more fuel for um, me to play some more music then. Um, so we're talking about all stars. 
The All-Star game is on Tuesday. The Home Run Derby is on Monday. So we've got to make our selections. We're going to put them out there now. And then if any of us clean sweep, we got to make sure we tag the other two and let them know that we're the smart one on this panel here. So let's talk about the Home Run Derby first. And you have the group of eight. Pete Alonso is there defending his crown. But he's going against the field of Shohei Otani, Trevor Story, Salvador Perez, Trey Mancini, Matt Olson, Joey Gallo, and Juan Soto. So, Josh, who you got? Give me your finals, and then give me your winner. Okay, so the home run derby is tough because often the person who does the best does not win. So that's kind of my logic here. I'm looking for some second tier people. I I, I think like you know someone like Otani might put on a show, but he might gas mm-hmm. himself out. So I'm I'm looking at a couple things here. I want an easy first round matchup because that kind of guarantees they'll be passing. I'm looking at Otani and Soto. That seems like two of the best hitters in the game. They can spray it anywhere. I'm gonna avoid them. Don't like that 50-50 proposition. Um, and so when I consider all these factors, I'm gonna end up going with. Matt Olson versus the defending cha- uh, champion, Pete Alonzo. They've got easy first-round matchups. Um, and because I don't really want to see a repeat winner, I'll go with uh, Matt Olson as the ultimate derby winner. Matt Olson. I feel like he's the one most under the radar here right now. So I was actually considering him. I'm glad I didn't go him, but that's a great call. I think sometimes they the ones that you don't think about are the ones that win this event. Doc. What about you, man? Who's the uh, the best looking one of the group that's probably going to win? I mean, best looking. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to see all their faces. I, I just can't think of eight off the top of my head. Matt Olson, I love him, but he's a great in-game home run hitter. I'm taking Trey Mancini over Pete Alonzo. Are you kidding me? What? What? Do you, oh, t- you have Trey Mancini? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish your It's finish. the storyline. Trey Mancini comes back from colon cancer wins the home run derby, then gets a contract extension. It's Hollywood. I, I love the story. Um, he doesn't, I, the, how about this story? This is a good story. Maybe not as good, but what about hometown hero who actually can hit home runs? Trevor story. How well, about that's, that story? So I have it Trevor story versus Trey Mancini in the finals. Trevor story is going to ride that hometown magic until he gets there. And then he's going to burn out. And then Trey Mancini is going to be the, like everybody always remembers like what was it the uh, Josh Hamilton year where he put on a show but then didn't he lose that yeah he like um, lost to it wasn't like Justin Morneau or something not that no it wasn't that year Bobby Abreu the year he did crazy I don't think he won that one either I think he had the the I think the, you know it's crazy Alex Rios won a home run derby <laughs> that's a name yeah. um but I always feel like it's like you have I think Trevor Story is going to do really well early on. He's going to have the hometown fans behind him and he's going to burn out in the championship round. So I do think I am writing that until the finals, but I'm with you, Doc. I think Trey Mancini takes it. I think yeah, David, stop bring- agreeing with me. I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. What what if I told you though that Story and Mancini would face in the semifinals? Do they? Yes, I believe so. I God, believe they David, you're an idiot. <laughs> I didn't see the bracket. I just saw the, the group of eight. Oh, David, you dummy. All right. Well, Trey, uh, is Matt Olson? Wait, hold on. Who is your Trey other Mancini one? Trey Mancini and Matt Olson play in the first round. Now, who is your other one that you said with Trey Mancini in the finals? Pete Alonzo. He's, on, on, the bra- he's on the bracket with Otani, um, uh, um, Soto, and I forgot the last one. It's 
Otani versus Soto and Perez versus Alonzo. Oh, yeah, Salvador Perez ain't doing well, I don't anything. like that side of the bracket at all. Sal Perez ain't doing anything. If no, he, he's not. Yeah, I feel like I feel like if Sal Perez wins this, like I need to do something just because I feel like there's a zero percent chance. Okay, I'm going Otani. If they're on separate side, I don't like any of the others on the other side of the bracket. Wow, Josh, I, I you don't, I you don't, can't you, believe this that you guys are both. You think Mancini is going to first off beat a, an actual slugger in Matt Olson and then beat the winner of Gallo and Story? I do. Yeah, I do. I do. Mm-hmm. Joey Gallo is going to strike out with one of his at-bats. What, what I'll say is Mancini certainly won't beat either of them. It would have to be the other one really like just struggling. Yeah. Oh, Josh, you're great at streaming hitters, but we're gonna real, you're going to realize soon that you picked the wrong guy to win this. If Trey Mancini wins, we're going to troll <laughs> trolls you so much. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to the home run derby, actually. And, Are uh, you really? I might be the only person in the stadium now not, you know, rooting on the guy who, <laughs> who uh, is, uh, you know, survived cancer. I don't know if I can be that person. I'm gonna I mean, that, this take you, back you're, a you are going to get a live in-person look of me and David being right and you being wrong. Wait, so hold on. I thought you live in Boston. You're, you're flying out to Colorado? So I've just moved from Colorado. And so, you know, this opportunity comes up uh, every so often. I'm still technically renting a place in Colorado, so. Headed headed back out there for the All Star Game festivities. I was hoping to you know see the the Red Sox draft Jack Leiter. I don't know if that's going to happen anymore, but I'm just going to enjoy a, a last weekend in Colorado before I have to live in the uh, desolate Massachusetts. Wow, that's that's the way to go out. Uh, I will be more than happy now to uh, to tweet you when Jamie Mancini wins. <laughs> that's going to be great. All right, well, there's also an All Star Game. So, I'll, Doc, I'll start with you. Give us your All-Star Game winner and then your All-Star Game MVP. Now, before you give us your winner, I did note the AL has won seven straight years. Before that, the NL won three straight years from 2010 to 2012. And then before that, the American League won 12 of the previous 13. The only time they didn't win was a 7-7 tie in uh, 2002. So, the American League dominated for 12 of 13 years. NL won it three straight, and now the AL has won seven straight. AL has just been destroying this event. Is it going back to the National League for them to win a few years in a row, or the AL staying and dominating? Past performance is not always indicative of future success, and that is why the NL will win. And my MVP is Fernando Tatis Jr. Wow, okay. You are going against the green and going to Fernando Tatis Jr. Or mm-hmm. it's not against the green, but with the, net, the NL winning. Okay. I can dig it. Josh, what about you? Where are you going? You know, I uh, I did a little bit of research here because I wanted to back up the size picking a little bit. Um, I, I agree. I agree. I think it's going to be the NL. I, I think I like thinking it also, the game ultimately comes down to pitching. Um, but, you know, course field kind of neutralizes that. But there are two pitches that do fine at altitude, and that is the slider and the splitter. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Kevin Gossman is an NL uh, all-star pitcher, and he is pretty much, well, it's him and Otani, really, but Gossman's splitter is by far and away the best splitter in the game, so I think that benefits the NL. Then you look at sliders. So I've pulled here the top 10 sliders um, by run value, according to baseball savants this year. So first, Jacob deGrom, NL all-star. Unfortunately, he's not going to be pitching in the game. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, NL pitcher, not an all-star. Hugh Darvish, NL all-star. 
Joe Musgrove, NL pitcher, not uh, not an all-star right now. He, he might be a replacement. I don't know if they're still doing that at this point. Um, Alex Reyes, NL all-star. Herman Marquez, NL all-star. Zach Wheeler, NL all-star and probably NL starter. Um, Adam Ottavino, AL pitcher, but not an all-star. And then Blake Trinan, uh, John Gray, not all-stars. And then finally, we get to the first AL all-star. It's your boy, uh, Carlo. Uh, no, no, sorry. It's... um. Well, I'm totally blanking on his name because I cut off list. You did too it. much um, research. <laughs> uh, in 11th um, is finally our first AL All-Star um, who throws a slider. But I think pretty obviously the, the pitchers that got the advantage here will be the NL side. And so I think the NL is going to end their streak of losing seven straight, which uh, it seems crazy to go against, but it, I think I, I think I'm going to have to. And for my MVP, I uh, – Got to go with the hometown guy returning, the guy that should have never traded away, uh, Nolan Arenado. So I like that you do all of this like prelude with pitches that do well, but the MVP's a hitter. Well, I mean, it's it's ultimately in chords. You, you want to know something crazy? The over-under I saw for this game is 8.5, which is just laugh-out-loud stupid in my opinion. Like, this game is in cores. The All-Star game averages around 8.5 runs, so I don't really know where that number came from, but Brother, that's you are available. talking to a gambling guy. I will hammer that over easily. Yeah, I mean, so available. I'm curious. So the two things I'm, I'll, I'll add is, one, I feel like, obviously, yeah, being in cores, no pitcher's going to get it. Right. There's also no like crazy like store like a Mariano, like if he comes in and pitches an inning, like it's a memorable there's no like memorable send off for an all star. And I feel like usually with a pitcher only coming in to pitch an inning that they're not they're pretty much not going to win the award. So I think I do agree with you guys on and for that front for the Rockies atmosphere and for the narrative. But I do have to say, Josh, you listed a lot of names, obviously NL guys, but first of all, like Clayton Kershaw's out. DeGrom's not pitching. Um, there was like, I think, two other names on that list that aren't playing in this game um, from the NL I believe, side. I believe we still will get Darvish, Reyes, Marquez, and Wheeler. Although Marquez, I think, is supposed to pitch Saturday, but I can't see. If the Rockies pitch him on Saturday, I don't know what they're doing. The hometown <laughs> guy, they're one all-star. They suck. Like, they do not need to pitch him. They should save him for the game. So I think he'll be there, too. Yeah, so, you know, like three or four guys with the slider. Uh, and Goffman, the best pitcher of them all, the splitter. But I'm going to turn this on the other way around. In Coors Field, it's the best hitting park, and the American League is so much better at hitting than the National League. And I think they are going to feast at Coors Field. My MVP is Shohei Otani. He's going to ride the first half narrative. He's going to pitch an inning, and he's going to hit a home run. And that alone, if he hits a home run and just even goes and makes an appearance on the mound, he's locked to win the MVP, no doubt. Even if even if he gets like an extra base hit, I think he's going to win the MVP. If he gets like a double, he'll get. Even if he draws a walk, he's getting MVP. The fact that he's going into it already, being the first pitcher and hitter selected in the same All Star game, that alone, I'm haven't looked at the Vegas odds. I'm sure he's the heavy favorite to be the MVP. Let's just say he should not have gotten it in pitching over Chris Bassett. That is a travesty. I am kind of surprised about that too. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. But I think it then fits in with the narrative. Like, is ERA still like in the mid threes? He still, his K per nine is ridiculous. And, you know, they want him to, MLB's trying to bring as much fans in as possible. And what's better, Chris Bassett pitching an inning or Shohei Otani? I mean, I, I, can I just say like my two favorite pitchers, Taiwan Walker and Chris Bassett, have not gotten an All Star. Not can you stop being like you act like you're a, Ta- a Taiwan Walker fan? Like you got literally directed by multiple people he was going to be good this year. You didn't even believe in him at all, and now that he's doing good, you act like he's your guy. Like you had no confidence in him whatsoever. You know what, David? We'll argue about this off air. You're just saying this now because you waited for him to suck. And he's actually turned out. To no, be I, I like Taewon Walker. I'm just not going to act like he's my guy. Um, all right. Great all-star discussion. Actually, that was a lot more fun than I thought it was going I to just, be. I just need to add real quick, because uh, I just got to give a shout out. A little, well, I got to say a couple things, maybe a little biased. But one, you say the AL lineup is, is loaded. That might be true, but they've got this dude right in the middle of it who just loves hitting double plays and just loves ending innings. His name's Aaron Judge. He should not be an all-star. He's a double play machine. That's real bad for your all-star offense here. Um, and then the other thing is like, I, I agree with you. I think there's almost no way the AL wins and Otani doesn't win the MVP. Almost like even if he doesn't do well, like it's it's hard not to give him that, the MVP. But my dark horse pick um, for the AL um, would be uh, Rafael Devers. And here's why. So I love these starting third baseman, right? But um he sucks at hitting fastballs. Like somehow is really bad at it. Yet is one of the, is the best hitting third baseman this year. Um, the fast fastballs people don't really know this, but at altitude fastballs they do not really work. They drop. Um, they drop like a few extra inches. Curveball sucks. So you've got he already rocks at hitting breaking balls. Breaking balls they're going to be way worse. And the one pitch you can't hit the fastball completely neutralized. So if you want a little dark horse MVP, I think Rafael Devers has a good chance. But again, how does Otani not win it? I don't know. He's going to, again, I think he just makes an appearance on the mound. He probably will win. But like, I mean, it, it's, I like the the thought process behind it. I wasn't going to say homer pick, but I like the thought process. behind. I, I had to get a couple homer takes and I'm obligated <laughs> as a Red Sox fan. You have to. No, I love it. And luckily we won't have to wait too much longer. In a few more days, we'll be able to see this play out. And I'm going to love if one of us nails this completely, they have the right to own the other two. Like it's. Oh, let's do it. Uh, but I, if if Mancini has a, just a stinker round that is completely obviously going to happen, do I still get to own that? <laughs> like that's such an easy pre- prediction. Do I still get to like you know brag about it? Oh, you can. I mean, Eric and I are all in on it. Like I think I think he's the dark horse that everybody's not. Uh, Eric, that's check it. after the show. We're gonna have to check his betting odds for it, and we'll and we'll put some money on it. Uh, he is the, right, he is the uh, last place I've seen. He's plus one thousand, but second to last place. Plus eight hundred is Trevor Story, which I think is ridiculous. That's wow. Talk about That's crazy. Bat, I think he's a hometown guy. Yeah, and he—I mean—he can hit home runs too. It's not like he's like a like he can hit thirty home runs like in a full season if he's you know if he's healthy. So like that's very interesting. Actually, that I might be smart to put the money there too. All right, let's get into our next part of the show, and that's going to be our game of the week. Take away, Josh. Are we not doing question first, David? Did I say game? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant question of the week. Josh, I'm trying so like hard some... to sit here stiff as bored. Like you, I'm trying to shake no one. I'm like, don't even. I'm like barely. 
I'm miss, no, no, I want to no. get those dancers out, so I'm purposely keeping the music playing extra long for you. Uh, but our question of the week is sponsored by Monkey Knife Fight. Triple Play Fantasy is an official affiliate to Monkey Knife Fight, the fastest growing sports betting site in the United States. Use promo code Triple Play and get up to $50 of your deposit match when you become a new user and you use our code. All right, so our question this week, who is the most strikeout-prone hitter of all time? It can be past or present, and I'm going to add a little thing on top of this and say if you had to put $100 down that they're going up to bat and they're going to strike out, who you feel comfortable putting that money down on. So, Josh, you're our guest. Who is the strikeout artist for you? As far as I, uh, I think I have the actual right answer here. So I actually, I'm going to go, I think I should go last here. I want to hear the okay. wrong uh, answers first, and then uh, I'll give you the right answer. All right. I, I'm, there's a couple of ways I think you could go with this. Doc, do you have yours? It's Miguel Sano. Like, I, I don't care what Josh says. Miguel Sano is the strikeout god. He'll go one for four with a solo home run and three strikeouts. So it, it's like Russian roulette anytime you're, anytime you're betting Miguel Sano go up to bat. <laughs> But I feel like he gets hurt so much that like he never has the strikeout records. I but mean, that, you just said if he has one at bat. That's true. That's true. If, he, right, if, right. He, if he's striking out three out of four plate appearances, I'll take those odds. So I thought about actually going the analytics route and like looking up highest K percentage like of all time and like all, you know, diving. I was like, but you know what? I, I think that'll take some of the fun out because I want to just do it like just all kind of how I feel like when I've watched them play. And rather than than like actually look at the numbers, I, I think if I literally put somebody out there right now, Chris Davis with the C, yeah, that'd be the answer. Chris Davis with the C had a couple good years at Texas, but after that, he—I mean—he set the strikeout records uh, towards the tail end when he was playing. Like he passed Mark Reynolds for the strikeouts, most strikeouts in a season, and he was—I mean—he became what was his batting average down to like under 100 or something ridiculous like that. He wasn't even putting the ball into play. Like so, that's what happens when they ban Adderall. I will put a close second as Adam Dunn because anytime you can shout out Adam Dunn on this show, I think that's that's fantastic. This, so, this is also friend of the pod, but Danny Espinosa. You can't insult anybody that's been on our podcast, but he, that his uppercut swing definitely can tie in there too. Um, all right, Josh, I'm assuming we didn't say your guy. So who is the right answer? So I did. I did look it uh, up the stats, and I will say I think I looked at Chris Davis with a C, and he does have a higher strikeout rate than uh, both Adam Dunn and um, who's the other guy? Miguel Sano. Uh, I don't know about Miguel Sano. I didn't look him up, but um, uh, what? The, um, anyway, though, that's not the right answer. I can I really. I'm kind of offended that you guys didn't pick this person. There is only one right answer. I'm talking about a hitter that is not just strikeout prone. They are downright terrible. I mean, I, I swear I have seen this hitter come up in key situations and decide to bunt. They know they're so bad that if they, that they didn't want to swing for real um, because they knew they were going to strike out. I'm do, saying, Josh, do you this, want me to add? Um, do you want me to add this when you're talking? The. <laughs> That that's great, but I, I think I got a few more things to list through here. It might be longer than the drop. <laughs> um, I've seen this hitter come to the plate hoping for a walk. They're just so down downright. Um, have Jeez, to who talk would about confidence. This guy? Just no confidence that they're coming up there. They're hoping for a walk, and I've watched him take just bam, 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 three strikes right down the middle, quick strikeout. I mean, this is a hitter so bad that I've seen many fans begging that this hitter be 
uh, a DH for, which I mean, that is a huge insult. And that hitter, of course, is none other. The correct answer, it is the NL pitcher. Oh, that's, oh, come on. <laughs> that doesn't brother. Whoa, 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 hold on. Jacob DeGrom was hitting 414 before his last appearance. Madison Bumgarner can hit. Micah Owings throwing it back. There are some outliers Carlos in Carlos Zambrano. Carlos Zambrano, thank you. AL pitcher, but still, yes, there are pitchers that can hit, but uh, let's get that universal DH in there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Jack Flaherty <laughs> would be healthy. Exactly. I mean, you're not wrong, obviously, but uh, I guess that is the, the, the if you want to be. You are fun at parties, Josh. <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah. a. Oh, I'm trying to add a really good comparison. It was Buzz like Buzz um, Killington, if you've ever seen that Family <laughs> Guy sketch. No, but it's uh, NL pitchers. True. If you were going to pick a hitter, did you have one in mind? Yes, I did. I, I knew you, I knew you guys were not going to be happy with that answer. I think my answer would be uh, Chris Carter. Um, I think oh, that's a good has, one. That's a good one. I I don't. He didn't play too many full seasons, but I think every full season he played, he might have led the league in strikeouts. I and think he only he had one. He had he had like a forty-two home run season. And other than that, it was like sixteen and two hundred strikeouts. I think I looked it up just because I was curious. I think that he legitimately struck out like in a third of his plate appearances, not at bats, plate appearances. That is unbelievably bad. I think that's probably the worst of any hitter that's played for a considerable amount of time. So that would have been my legitimate answer. If, if not, giving a little plug for the universal DH there. Well, you know, that's a perfect answer because you have the universal plug and then you also have a great answer that I didn't even think about. So Chris Carter and the universal DH, that's how we do. I like, I like that answer, that combo. Let's move into the last part of the show, and that's going to be our game of the week. Last chance, Josh. No. <laughs> Wasn't feeling it. All right. Game of the week. I'm hosting this week. Uh, try to, as many as much as we can to have a different type of game every single week. If Obviously, there's sometimes we repeat. So I found one, and I'll, I'll give a shout-out to the person who made this game. And I will preface this by saying, if you are not subscribed to the YouTube channel, you can watch this on YouTube, and you can actually follow along. So if you're listening to the podcast, you obviously will not see what we're doing. But sub, sub us to the uh, sub to our YouTube and then have the podcast playing if you want while you watch this segment of the show. Just a quick plug right there. So, all right. The game we are playing is called the Emoji Quiz. So shout out to the Sports Quiz on YouTube for making this game. He mixes in some easy ones and some hard emojis here. There's 12 of them. So your job is to figure out what team they're talking about with the emoji. All right. So how we're going to do this is you guys are going to both DM me your answer so that way you guys can't just piggyback like Eric you can't piggyback off Josh like you were for the analysis for hitting and Shut up. <laughs> and that way I'll be able to see when you both send your answers and I'll give you what the actual answer is Does that sound good mm-hmm. all right so I'm going to pull the game up on our screen Josh and uh, Eric you guys have your DMs ready to slide in to my DMs? Yeah, buddy. I think so. Did you get my test message just making sure I'm in the right place? Um I do not. Okay. You're oh sorry. I know what you're talking about now. Your Twitter DM. Yeah, oh yeah, do the, the Twitter DMs. All right, my let's DM. go. I'm ready. All right, so the emoji quiz starting off with our first one. 
I love how you said guess MLB player by childhood in the uh, in the search bar. Oh, <laughs> I, searched the- <laughs> I was like trying to look for a fun game. Uh, I'll I've been doing some YouTube games and then some I've been making up. I'm so worried about you, David. All right, our first one. What are we? I'm a so this might take me like a few rounds to figure out why. There's there's only like Sent. two or three that are actually difficult. This is Sent. one of them. So Sent. you, the winner might only get like one wrong. All right, I got oh, Eric. I feel like I'm not thinking hard enough about this. Thirty second limit. I said <laughs> this, mine. Is, this is easy. Oh, I saw you sent the DM in the uh, test chat. I saw you. Okay, that's where you put it originally. We're not talking about past mistakes. We can All on. right. We have our answers locked in. Josh says Yankees. Eric says D-backs. The answer is... Dun, 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 dun. Arizona Diamondbacks. Doc on the board. Maybe. That one definitely was a tricky one. No, it All wasn't. Right. I DM'd you right away. <laughs> We got our second one. Which one is it? I'm still trying to figure out the Diamondbacks. Oh, diamond, diamond and then the back ring. emoji. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, <laughs> sent David. Get your comments back. I, already lost. I can tell right. I already lost. I've lost. <laughs> this one is sent in. No, you can still top air. You got the so Detroit Tigers. Easier. There you go. Get that confidence back. We got our now third one coming up. my confidence because now I understand how easy <laughs> You guys should both get this one. Sent. All right. Got them both locked in. The correct answer is the Toronto Blue Jays. Nice job. Both should have your confidence riding high for this next one. It's two to two, right? First round was practice. Psych. Which one is this one? Super difficult. And you both already locked in. And the correct answer is the Cincinnati Reds. It was that, that was actually the red, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the Cincinnati Red. What do we've got here? This one could it be tricky? They should have they should have had a text a test or a text and no reply and it left you on red. That would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> I got Josh's. Doc, you got yours locked in. Yeah, sent. Oh, yours for some reason isn't popping up. Oh, there we go. Okay, you are both correct. It is the Los Angeles Angels. Did, uh, did he say angles, though? That's my only hope. No. Oh. No, he did spell it right. He did spell it right. Dang it. I would, I would have not given it to him if he spelled it wrong. What about this one? Oh, are we getting tricky? Are we getting what tricky? What is that? Sent. <laughs> what do we think? Doc has his answer locked in. It's Yuri's Familia. I haven't. I have something typed in. I just don't think it's right. I can't go. Down oh wait, wait. That. Can I change it? Can I change it, David? Can I'm gonna no. let Josh decide if, if. Can I change it? No, no. <laughs> oh, I. I, oh. I, I my answer is wrong. Oh, I know it now. Oh. All right, Eric got his locked in. Josh has his locked in. The correct answer, Eric. What would you have said? It's the twins. I said Padres because I was looking at parents. It is the Minnesota Twins. I had the Padres typed up too, but it didn't feel right. And that brought you guys to a tie. Which one is I should, this one? I should have gotten that because I knew that. 
That's the you, Phoenix. Song. You, you you entered your answer in already though. Yeah, when but you I buzz like, in, oh. you can't change your answer. I know you said I'll allow it to Josh. I was gonna let him because he's the guest, so I was gonna let him. Yeah, decide. that's bias, you nit. Well, you guys are tied, so. What are we at here? I'm pretty convinced this is an NBA team. I really can't see an alternative here. Yeah, this was a tricky at, one. I'm actually struggling with this as well. I locked my answer in. I I, I pulled a doc. I think I, I just screwed this up. <laughs> All right. All right. The answer is on this very difficult one. The Tampa Bay Rays with the oh. sunshine and the rays of the sunshine. And Doc did put that. So Doc gave himself back the lead. Josh went with the Astros. I wasn't even considering the Rays. All right. Well, we already know the next one. Yeah, yeah. you guys, I'm sure, have these locked in already. Yep. You guys already did the Chicago Cubs. But right now, Eric's got a one-point lead. Josh has gotten two wrong. Eric's gotten one wrong. Who are we here? We're back to NBA teams. <laughs> Eric's got his locked in. What are we thinking, Josh? We're thinking that I really can't get my head out of the NBA teams. Kings, baby. No, don't say it. It makes it harder. <laughs> oh, duh. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're not going to talk about this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I need the answer locked in. We got them both locked in. And you are both correct. It is the Kansas City Royals. How many more we got? Oh, we got a couple more. I feel like I've lost this. Which one do we got here? Scent. I have Josh's. I have Eric's. You, you are both correct. It is the Colorado Rockies. There might be one more that gets you. The Rocky. Oh, here we go again. Which one do we got here? Josh has, his, Josh has his locked in. Doc has his locked in. You are both correct. It is the Houston Astros. Now, if that one this was is, first before the other one, that was where my head was at last time. This is the last one. What do we got? Josh, you need this one. to Eric, You need Eric to get it wrong for a tie. Well, I locked mine in probably too quickly. <laughs> Yours is in. Doc's is in. The correct answer is the Philadelphia Phillies. And Doc and Josh both got that. But unfortunately, ah. Doc did beat you by one. So unhappily, I have to give it to Doc. Luckily, I don't have my... You know what? No, I'll, I will give you... Uh, Eric, I'll give just for you. I'll one person's here. That's all I want. <laughs> Whenever Eric wins a game... He does. He gets this one little sound for him, which for, is pretty frequent, though. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for believing in me, like you <laughs> always do. Oh man! All I well, have to say is, I concede the battle to win the greater war, and that is Trey Mancini is not getting out of the first round of the home run derby. <laughs> oh brother, jeez! I'm gonna oh. have to take it. I'm gonna have to take you down twice. Oh gosh! Oh man! Well. Josh, man, that was an absolute blast, man. Thanks so much for coming on the show tonight. We truly appreciate your time. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, I had a blast. Um, I hope people were able to follow my uh, hitting streaming process a little bit, get some good takeaways there, but also uh, just have some fun along with us. I know I did. So thank you. 
Of course, man. And for the people that don't know you, aren't familiar with you, can you plug to our listeners, you know, where you're at on Twitter, what you're working on, everything that you do, everything that uh, Josh St. Marie does in the Twitterverse. Can you tell everybody, kind of catch them up with you, everything you're doing? Yeah, so pretty much everything I'm doing right now is streaming hitters. So my uh, Twitter handle is um, at UT Streamer. Um, that's the letters UT and then Streamer. It's a playoff. Um, my boss, um, I keep calling him the boss man, um, SP Streamer, Mr. Michael Simeone. So you can find me over at spstreamer.com doing the hitting streamers. And then also I uh, give some daily streaming advice uh, for um, Doug, uh, who's a great podcast host. I'm not going to say who's better uh here but he's he's another great one um but you can find him on the sp streamer podcast network um i think it's called on the bump yeah doug is i will be the first say doug is the best i will be happily take second to doug but doug is doug is the goat so uh love our friends over at sp streamer those are our good buddies doug and mike and we're happy to have you on and obviously you're a big part of the sp streamer family so uh, I guess we're like cousins then at this point. But uh, anyway, appreciate you again, man, for coming on. Next week, we're going to be joined by Ariel Cohen, which should be a super fun and exciting show. We'll probably be looking at his projection system and players that he hit on, players that we need to see a little bit more from in the second half. Should be an awesome show, as like I said. So stay tuned for that. Until then, everyone be safe out there. Enjoy another week of baseball. And we're going to make like a bread truck and haul these buns. Catch you guys in the next one.